All right, so I've got 3D Crunch Chili Cheese Nacho. I've not opened these. I was waiting for you. <laughs> I walked around the corner and squealed, literally out loud, when I saw these. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're celebrating the 800th Star Trek entry in the franchise. <laughs> okay, these are definitely the two people to talk about the 800th Star Trek episode, It's fine. Right? We'll just, we're just going to celebrate. <laughs> it, it's, it's a milestone, Mike, okay? We're going to okay. give them a milestone. <laughs> in that case, we're going to be looking back at 2020 with some mm-hmm. blanks down here I've written down. So we'll, we'll take a look <laughs> at that and wing it. But also looking forward to 2020's, 2021's busy schedule. Yeah, hopefully busy schedule, yeah. right? I guess that the it's still TBA. Really, humanity is still TBA right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and more. So yeah, it's kind of fun. Sometimes we uh, we start this show on very specific time codes, so it makes me feel like a live radio host. Like we're in the middle of a conversation and we're about to come back from commercials, so we have to cut it off. But we were talking about ham and bean soup yep. just moments ago before we read the intro. And I was telling Chris, this is the first time I ever made ham and bean soup. Uh, I guess people are always thinking about leftovers of, like, turkey and stuff on the holidays. Oh, we're going to make turkey soup. We're going to make turkey sandwiches. Who's making turkey soup? Nobody's ever recommending uh, ham leftovers. So I had all this extra ham, and I was like, no one's going to eat this. What am I going to do? I turned it into soup, and... It's delicious, mm-hmm. and I have been told it freezes well, so I'm going to be freezing some of that. So I'm going to be eating ham and bean soup until the the sun dies out, Chris. There you go. Like I said, I was telling you, like that's a, kind of a once a month staple in our house, and we we make it kind of from scratch there a little bit. Like you know, you buy the ham, buy the beans, cook it in the stove mm-hmm. with water, uh, and it goes right with cornbread. That's the best part. I'm a, I'm a big sweet cornbread fan. So mm. that's, that's where I'm at. But I was snacking right before this. I got my hands on the 3D Doritos bags, uh, making oh, my yes, supremely jealous. So um, the chili cheese nacho ones I was saying um, are very much a bugle texture, bugle kind of shape with the closed end, but also use the chili cheese powder from the uh, Fritos chili cheese fries uh, or chili cheese, I guess, um, chips. So. Uh, it's a really, really good mix. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad they're back, and I'm also glad you're really committed to the experience. And you went with just like a full, abrasive, yeah. just sugar punch of normal Mountain Dew. Yeah. Because that's what it was like back in the day when 3D Doritos were out. Like you drank Mountain Dew with everything. Well, Mountain Dew hadn't quite yet had the negative image that it kind of has now for just kind of being like just nerdy gamer fuel mm-hmm. uh ironically they have a flavor called gamer fuel yeah. which i really like i think it tastes pretty good uh but yeah i'm glad you pot committed yeah i mean that's that's what it is and well, i'll tell you what i impre- most impressed me about these doritos bags um three quarters of the bag is full of chips uh, i know they're pockets of air because they're puffed up 3d ones right but like they actually like if you buy a bag of Doritos, half of it's air, right, for cushioning or whatever. Chris, this so. will be something nobody cares about, but I can answer that question: is the air inside of a bag of chips is called functional slack fill? That is the industry term for it, and that it's not quite air. You know, it's usually yeah. like I think it's like nitrogen or something like that. You know, so not only does it keep your snacks fresh, but that is like a cushion. 
uh, for your snacks yeah. because chips are brittle and they break. So it makes sense that the 3D Dorito, a rigid uh, snack system, yeah. <laughs> could withhold more in a bag. So I, I well, learned that on a podcast like years ago, and now I tell anybody that oh, will yeah. listen about functional slack fill. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of it. I mean, you know, you get a, you get a bag of, of chips, and you're like, am I really getting my money's worth? And, and you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, you just complain the first time you open it. But, like, I'm, I'm really impressed with how full this bag is. Uh, <laughs> so when you, you pick them up, you'll be like, okay, this is, this is what I'm talking about. But I was able to get both the chili cheese nacho and the spicy ranch. I've not tried the spicy ranch yet. One to one at a time. Don't mix the flavor palettes, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, doing doing that. Uh, what have you been up to this week, Mike? Yeah, it's a it's a new year, which means we have just surpassed the Christmas holidays. So that means all of the Christmas movies, Christmas TV shows, Christmas TV specials—they're all out the window. They're all gone. We're not going to see them again until November. They're in my rearview mirror. I was I was glad when I was there, but now I'm glad that they're gone because I can get back to my normal streaming tv binging lifestyle right you know so we decided to check in on some uh on some new exclusives out there in the streaming world and one that's been popping off on hbo max right now is called the flight attendant starring um kaylee kuko kuko penny from 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 the big Big bang Bang theory Theory. yeah yeah i don't know how to say her last name but she stars in the flight attendant which is a berlanti show the same studio which makes all this uh all the cw superhero shows so this is uh what i would consider a a more of a premium streaming uh series it's only eight episodes on hbo max and it was like a fun little kind of mystery thriller uh uh show uh where i was you know following uh, kaylee throughout her uh performance and it was pretty fun uh you there's some familiar faces if you watch other berlanti shows because obviously you know you kind of uh, stay within the stay within the entertainment family of which you act uh in some cases we see that a lot across disney so it was a it was a fun little show uh it, it's definitely set up for possible seasons moving forward so it's not a limited series um but I would say this is almost a good experiment to see how Berlanti and maybe some of these CW directors and writers could possibly maybe elevate their work for more HBO Max premium stuff. You know, we talk about that a lot on the show. Like, what is this Green Lantern show going to look like from Berlanti, right? You know, are they going to be able to flex a little bit more? Are they going to be able to maybe surpass and maybe overshoot maybe what they were doing on um, DC Universe with Titans and make something with really kind of broad appeal with lots of money so i i would say the flight attendant is some is is a good hope you know i i wouldn't say it's like must see i'm not gonna go tell people to get an hbo uh subscription just to watch the flight attendant but you know it was there and i was glad i was able to watch it mm-hmm. uh, i don't know if you've heard about it at all yeah yeah i've seen I've, i mean it's on the banner every time you like an hbo max and then if you scroll down yeah. i think it's in there like they're really pushing it uh, uh re- yeah, really I heavy yeah was- <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just surprised, honestly, to hear about it from just, you know, the grapevine, you know, just casual conversations out there on the Internet where, where people were bringing it up. That's usually when you can tell a show has at least met a certain threshold of like being popular as if you hear about it outside of, you know, the home banner, uh, if you will. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's back. Uh, that's the flight attendant on uh, on HBO Max. Uh, but the the second one I want to talk about that uh, my, most people might not be familiar with is called Back to Life, 
which is uh, I never know what to call these shows. Is it a British show? Is it a UK show? Is it an England show? I don't I don't know exactly how the geographic rings encompass a, you know the BBC esque, but this is a uh, across the pond show, if you will. And it's uh, it's uh, was recommended by my wife, so we just sat down and gave it a watch on Showtime uh, using the Showtime week long trial because I wasn't about to blow all my money uh, on the show I'd never heard of before. But it's just kind of like this nice little six episode season of a woman who uh, goes to jail when she's a teenager for it seems to be an accident and what's it like adjusting to life when she gets out like 20 years later, I think. Um, so it was nice. It was funny, but you know, those were just two shows that I got to watch, you know, fresh right off of the holiday seasons, brand new stuff that I haven't seen, you know, every year, you know, since I was a child. Mm. So those are two streamers that you can go check out. But honestly, Chris, you know, I love hopping on the podcast with you every week. You know, I love catching up. I love, uh, talking to the fans out there, but honestly, all I really want to do right now is uh, take these headphones off, abandon my computer, and go play Ghosts of uh, Tsushima because I've just been having a grand old time with this game. I just get sucked into it for like hours and hours and hours. And uh, I, usually I'm a, I'm a short haul gamer. You know, I pop in for like maybe 20 minutes to an hour, then I pop back out and I go do something else. But like, I've just been engrossed in this game. It's kind of a, it's a, this more of an open world concept. So I've just been exploring like the section of the island that I have unlocked right now. Been going on these little missions. Uh, it's a much more approachable game, I would say, compared to Sekiro, which is, I would say, that maybe the most recent and most popular kind of samurai game out there to compare it to. Uh, it's a lot more approachable. It's not as difficult and just, um, just a, a, a slog to get through because you just die so much. So uh, I, uh, I I know I recommended Ghost of Tsushima last week, but I'll, I'm recommending it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like this fun little map exploration moment where you know I was going around, I was going along the map, you know, uh, traversing the fog to un- unveil more of my mini map, if you will, and I came across this really cool kind of like elevated like rock surface where I was like, oh man, I can see from this hill that there's like some sort of like pool. There's like some sort of temple on top of this rock. I want to get on there. But like you can't get to it from the backside of the cliff and like you, there's this little gap that you can't pass. So there's there's seemingly like no way that I can get to this area. And then uh, like maybe an hour or two later in the game, I start this uh, mini mission where I'm trying to uh, where I'm trying to track down this samurai that's like supposedly faster than lightning or something like that, right? So it wants me to try to find his temple. And it's starting to point me back to that location I was a few hours ago. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if something's going on here. And then as the mission progresses uh, progresses, and I get closer, a storm comes in, lightning starts striking, and then I finally get back over to that area, which I thought was inaccessible, and lightning had struck a tree, and it had fallen over, and it had, and it had bridged that gap. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really, really cool. This is just a really fun way to interact with the map. So, yeah, I'm just having a great time. There's lots of really fun moments that you get to engage in with this game, and I feel like I'm just like I'm just at the tip of this game right now, so mm-hmm. uh, I feel like I'm gonna sunk sink a lot of hours into this. So uh, yeah, as soon as we're done with this podcast, <laughs> that's exactly what back, I'm gonna be doing. Back to it, huh? Well, I, uh, I I'm gonna say I dove into uh, my uh, in-laws Netflix subscription this week uh, oh. to watch did one you, one specific. Did you show. see? <laughs> did you see the? Uh, did you see the? Just show me something button. What's it called? It's like a. It's almost like the I'm feeling lucky yeah. button that they just added from Google. I, did, I haven't used it yet. but I, I did there. not because I was specifically looking for a show uh, called Auntie Donna's House of Fun. 
Um, and so yeah, so Auntie Donna is a uh, comedy trio out of England or not England, Australia, and yeah. I would I would equate them to the Australian version of the Lonely Island guys. Okay. Um, so they they were able to secure this. The, they do sketch comedy online, but they were able to secure the show on Netflix uh, with um, producer Ed Helms, who actually shows up in some in an episode. Okay. Um, they also bring in the guy who plays Homelander as a character, and uh, oh. <laughs> uh, Weird Al is in an episode as well. So um, they've 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 got the six uh, episode uh, season. There's 22 minute episodes of just off the wall sketch comedy. They each one trying to tie us together uh, uh, loosely throughout itself, but like it's these guys just living in this house in Australia and what, and what they do. So they they're mm. so it's called Auntie Donna's House of Fun. I would recommend it highly uh, on Netflix. I mean, if you watch the first one you don't like it, that's fine. But it's off the wall. It is lewd and it's crude sometimes, but it's just really really funny. And if you've seen the Lonely Island stuff, you you kind of know what you're getting into with this. Some I'll have to go ch- check it out. I mean, Australia yeah. is like this hidden gem of like content, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, Amazon just Amazon Prime just recently adapted a show from it was I think it was an Australian show um, starring R- Rain Wilson. I, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but I know they adapted that. There's a YouTube. I th- I thought this might have been like adapted from a YouTube channel because there's a really popular YouTube channel called Raka Raka. And I think that's Australia. It, it could be New Zealand. I don't know. Similar accents. I can't. You can't always tell them apart without context. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening down there in Australia. So I think I'll have to go check this out. Yeah. So uh, they're they're pretty funny guys. I listened to uh, another podcast and they were guests on it. And that's when I found out about the Netflix kind of thing. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I I mean it's if you don't like the first one, that's fine. You know, you're at 20 minutes or so. But like you can go. Uh, I, I we 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 sat down and watched it across two days, uh, two two little runs, and I, I it's pretty funny. I, I had a good time, and my wife I didn't tell her what it was. I just put it on, and mm. she she was laughing at some of the stuff too. So it's, it's good. That, that's what you got to do in a relationship. Sometimes if you if you want to watch something, you don't ask don't ask for permission. You know, ask for forgiveness if it doesn't turn out well. Because I mean, what it's like a coin flip, right? You know, they might like it, they might hate it. You might as well give it a shot. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I would rec- I mean yeah, that that would be my recommendation. Again, again, I don't have Netflix. A lot of these skits are on YouTube as well from this, mm-hmm. like the Netflix ones. So I, I you can check that out. But um, it's a pretty pretty quick uh, consumption oh. if you're looking for. Before I forget, this was something that you reminded me of: uh, Mandalorian season two uh, making of documentary. Yes, uh, I, I watched that uh, last night, and it was great. It was exactly how I want to watch it because instead of breaking it up into like you know nine episodes, which makes sense for the first season because it was like a brand new thing, so they had to talk about a lot of things individually. Is it's it was like it was like feature length, right? I want to yeah. say it was like at least like an hour hour and a half, and they spend like ten minutes ten minutes on like maybe each episode, and they and they went and order so i really really like that formula because it's almost like you get to revisit the season that you just watched in order but you get to go like you know you just get to go behind the scenes the only the only downside is like i know it could have been a scheduling thing maybe it wasn't done until last minute they don't talk at all about um about the 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 big reveal in the last episode right they talk a little bit about the after credit scene that they filmed but they don't mention the the uh the the end of the season really at all and i was just like oh man come on like i hope maybe they do at least like a standalone special or something about it because like it's worth exploring it even even though you know some people are you know are split on maybe the executions i would at least like to know how they did it you know well as, as my again like so we talked about my guess it was like an 11th hour kind of thing they were like we're not going to do this till the very end and mm. we're going to do it in crunch time so nobody can leak this 
And also, yeah, I was also thinking of the leaks, right? You know, in order to keep it really on the DL, you got to keep the documentary crew out of it yeah. as well. So, yeah, that's that's one thing that I was kind of hoping for. But, you know, I'm hoping they circle back around to it. Maybe at the beginning of season three, maybe the season three making of they'll they'll start it with that. I don't know. But yeah. yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to get a little inside info on that, even though we we have, you know, industry, you know, insiders that have talked about, you know, it in general. I want to know it straight from the horse's mouth. Right. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be good to know. And, and just, you know, more Dave Filoni talking really is all we really yes. want to hear, hear, mm-hmm. hear his thought process behind it, because that's that's always the great stuff. Yeah. So that, that's a good segue right into our first topic. We're actually talking a little bit about Disney Plus here. We were um, last week, we did two reviews one for Disney and Pixar Soul on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and uh, Wonder Woman on uh, HBO Max. And Disney Plus, uh, over the holiday weekend, had 2.3 million global installations of its app uh, over the Christmas holiday, which there you go. that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They were already yeah, big. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could do some quick napkin math here. One, two, three. I got my calculator pulled up. What is it, like eight bucks a month now for Disney Plus, right? Not yet. The, the price change doesn't change until uh, March or February. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say yeah. eight just for the sake of math. I mean, you're looking at uh, 18. I mean, that's $18 million in revenue. It, and that's if these people just keep it for one month, yeah. you know? More than likely, I think they'll keep it, it for a couple. So it sounds like Soul definitely made its, uh, definitely is, is putting in the work that they wanted it to. Yeah. It, well, the offerings and then, you know, the holiday stuff. I get, I, that's, it, it, I, I, I don't want to oversimplify, but like it's global installation. So, you know, people share accounts, you know, were, was this multiple, like, did kids get a bunch of tablets and then you have to put on every kid's tablet? I'm not going to mm-hmm. equate each one per per account, but like you know, that is that is a huge number. Like like these people are watching your Disney content. Uh, two two point three million more uh, installations. That on top of the already, what what did they say they had before that? I don't remember the numbers, but like quite a few people uh, mm-hmm. on the surface. On the flip side, of that HBO Max uh, got twenty seven or not twenty seven, uh, fifty five hundred fifty four thousand users signed up on its app over uh, the Christmas weekend. So. Uh, over three days there, so that's that's um, it's half a million. It's not nearly as much as Disney Plus, but you know, just for one movie, that's that's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. to to increase bump their numbers up a little bit there. Um, and they said about half the people who had an HBO Max watched Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four on opening day, uh, Christmas Day. So. Yeah, I'm curious how these numbers are going to trend over the next year because Wonder Woman's just the start of the story, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to be seeing all these other like big blockbuster movies hit day and date on HBO Max. I saw I followed Jordan Voigt Roberts, the director who uh, did Kong Skull Island. He just tweeted out, I think it was maybe today or yesterday that Kong is now finally on HBO Max. Yes, um, it is. Man, and even man, even talking about HBO, HBO Max, I uh, again I totally forgot that we watched uh, Ocean's Eight on HBO Max because it was a newly added item so this just comes back around to the idea we talked about last week at the end of the year and the beginning of the year is a big flux time for streaming services so, so if you haven't visited a streaming service in a while that you already pay for uh hit it up and see what their new arrivals section looks like you there might be some good stuff there yeah i, I mean hbo max is our go-to uh when i when i usually eat dinner at lunch it's been um a regular show you know like nice little 10 11 minute segment there mm-hmm. uh but you know i I, fin- I was able to finish the the last season of rick and morty's on there and and all other stuff so i i i the you know, hbo max right now is my default streaming service um with all their stuff and they added like we talked about all the old courage the cowardly dog and ed Nettie stuff like that it's now on there batman Bat- the anime series batman beyond yeah mm-hmm. so um it, it's got some good stuff in there but i mean i want to see kind of what the yeah like what do these numbers do is there anything in january 
um, that would keep. I mean, HBO Max. I don't know what their new movies are every month, to be honest, for the year because some of them don't really appeal to me. But like, you know, am I gonna hold on to this for? Um, I guess for was it um, Snyder Cut uh, Justice League in March? So <laughs> yeah, I would assume we would be seeing some sort of new HBO Max series or HBO series, which is like HBO Max basically, but sometimes it doesn't get the it doesn't get the extra three letters at the end of it M A X because the the pandemic is really not going to start affecting a lot of these uh, streaming networks. Uh, you know, if they planned it out already. So I feel like HBO Max had this launch ready to go. So maybe we'll see some of those originals, but who knows? Who knows when the pandemic is actually going to start mm-hmm. affecting the release of, uh, you know, streaming TV shows, right? Considering some of them can go back into production. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye on January. People aren't as eagle eyed on HBO Max like they are Disney Plus, right? I feel like Disney Plus and Netflix, they get all the eyeballs, right? Yeah. What's coming to the streaming service in January? What's leaving in January? I feel like HBO Max is still trying to play catch up a little bit, but I feel like they're gonna catch up really quick, especially when they get like King Kong versus Godzilla and Dune when these things drop on the streaming networks, they're gonna have all the headlines. Yeah, exactly. And and I noticed um that the um some of the Batman, the DC universe movies are starting to show back up on there. Like the dark Knight trilogy. Uh, I saw blade was on there the other day when I was kind of scrolling through HBO max. Um, so if you're looking for the original blade, it's on there. Um, the mummy franchises, uh, a lot of Tarantino films as well. So, um, yeah, you probably have to go do a search, but I mean, there's a lot coming to, to HBO max this month and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, star Wars. We were talking about at the top of the show, uh, Tamura Morrison, who plays Boba Fett, Jango Fett, you know, um, from the uh, episode two, uh, he has three Star Wars projects lined up. He, this is the busiest man in Star Wars right now. <laughs> um, he will be in his uh, self-titled show, The Book of Boba Fett, which I believe is like the first production show to be in the production coming up here. Mm-hmm. We don't know any much more about it other than um, it's on Tatooine and he's in Jabba's old palace. Uh, he's also be doing episodes, I guess, for The Mandalorian, um, is, mm-hmm. is the assumption, a couple of those, and also making appearances in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, uh, which he will reprise his role as Clone Commander Cody in that show, since it is technically in the uh, pre-New uh, Hope era uh, of stuff, and um, the clones age quickly, so he'll be age-appropriate in that, that range. Yeah. Re- refresh my memory, what makes uh, Cody... Uh particularly stand out from the other clone troopers well cody um, so there was cody and rex rex is the one ahsoka was able to get the chip out of his head and he uh-huh. he shows up in rebels cody stays with the the um the 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 clones and you know executes order 66 he's like anakin's number one clone commander gotcha okay so my assumption is he'll be working for darth vader or doing something you know a, a different role in that that range you know when the empire is kind of going on and they're mm. conscripting stormtroopers rather than cloning yeah. them. Yeah. Trying to hunt down Obi-Wan. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a whole storyline I didn't, I didn't think of, right. That maybe the Obi-Wan show is about the transition from clones to uh, cons- conscription, right. You know, yeah. maybe they're coming down to Tatooine trying to uh, kidnap children and Obi-Wan's there, you know, uh, messing their shit up. But, Hey, yeah, that can be a fun story. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd be down with that. So, I mean, and, and like I say, age appropriate seeing an actual, you know, we we're used to seeing, um, the Rex was a, you know, he was a good clone and he was able to be saved. So what is a clone who is fully, you know, knows order 66 and is embracing the empire? What does that look like even? 
later. Yeah. So he got he had a nice uh, the actor Tamara Morrison. He had a nice little spotlight in that season two uh, making of, mm-hmm. and he just seemed genuinely happy to be there. He was having fun. He was like literally dancing around. So uh, it seems like he's having like this. Uh, yeah. I don't want to call it like third act because it's not like he's elderly, but it sounds like he's he's really he's really reaching this like second part of his career that he's just really embracing. Yeah, but rightfully so. All, all underneath one one umbrella as well, which is which mm-hmm. is great. Wait till they put him in a Marvel series. I'm expi- I'm excited to see that. Oh yeah, I could see him like you know maybe not carrying something necessarily because uh, unfortunately he doesn't quite have the notoriety. Uh, but like yeah, you could kind of like see him pop up in like Guardians of the Galaxy, right? He could be like maybe like the head of well, like some sort of like Ravenger group or something like he, that, right? He's also from New Zealand, so you know, anything Taika Waititi does, maybe Thor. Oh uh, yeah, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. So they could, he could definitely use that a little bit there. So. I I mean, I'd be excited to see him. Before mm-hmm. I forget, did you watch? Um, uh, it was the um, Screen Junkies. It was their year in review uh, where they did the uh, mm-hmm. whatever. What's it called? Yeah. I forget. Uh, was it? It was just like their honest honest trailers, trailers for, for the year. Right? Yeah, with Patton Oswalt, yeah. and um, they they specifically brought up the Boba Fett episode where he's smashing clone troopers helmets in as like mm-hmm. a highlight of of this, like something we didn't know we need until we saw it. <laughs> yep. So definitely love that. We're big Trekkies, Mike. The biggest Trekkies in the whole world, <laughs> wow. right? Yeah, so so huge. Yeah, the, the <laughs> biggest things about Star Trek. Um, but I, I was I, I followed their stuff. I really like to watch a new Star Trek Discovery show. Uh, I hear it's good, but it's on what, CBS All Access, which eh, I'm not really all aboard that. Um, but I did watch Picard, which is cool. But apparently, the mm-hmm. latest Discovery episode uh, or the last one for the season makes it the 800th entry in the entire franchise, including Ooh. the movies and and the animated shows as well. That is a catalog, right? I mean, the only thing I could think of, like you know, you know, I feel like real Trekkies, you know, they're gonna celebrate the anniversary and everything like that. And I'm just thinking, like, wow, what a streaming catalog, right? Yeah. How much money would the Star Trek franchise sell for if anyone ever tried to sell it, right? You know, that's just where my brain goes. You know, we talked about Bond, you uh-huh. know, last week with all of those movie entries. Like Star Trek is out there, like uh, almost touting, you know, not too long till they probably get to a thousand, right? With all of these new Star Trek shows yeah. being a being a greenlit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, good for them. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I pulled up the list, and they were, um, they were. There's a bunch like the animated series. Some forget the original animated series. I don't know if you're um, familiar with that one. Yeah, I believe the the creator of Star Trek said that that is as canon as much as anything in the live action series yeah. is. Yeah, and then like yeah, there's like ten movies before they did the remake. So I think there's like thirteen movies overall. Um, I mean, I didn't know this, but Star Trek: The Next Generation has 178 episodes. Deep Space Nine and Voyager both had 176, 172 episodes. Wow! I'm like, if I ever want to get in this, I am just in for <laughs> a, a long haul. Apparently, so yeah, you gotta you gotta really commit your life. I mean, uh, just uh, just block out any other streaming yeah. shows because you're not gonna have time for anything else. Yeah, and then lastly, uh, on that the the Star Trek short treks, which are like mini episodes for Discovery. Um, mm-hmm. that are like one-off episodes and then it tell like stories and the newest Lower Decks um, cartoon count as in this mm-hmm. as well so uh, I think that's really cool that they they really get, I mean 800 is quite a bit I mean a lot of people compare it to Star Wars I think I think it's a little unfair I think they both exist in their own thing and have their own things going on but like yeah I, I could I count 800 Star Wars you know, video properties. I don't think so. So <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, no disparagement to the to the Trek yeah. community at all. It's just not something that I happen to be into. But you know, yeah. it just goes to show you how nerd culture didn't just endure; it transcended. Right? Yeah. You know, when Trek first came out, 
you know, I only ever hear about people telling stories about how, you know, they were nerds and they were lonely, just people in their basement, you know, just uh, watching Star uh-huh. Trek. And now it's just like you could make billions of dollars off of Star Trek and it's just right. crazy. Well, yeah, having like uh, essentially four series going on at once, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's wild. And possibly, you know, a Tarantino movie in the works down the road. So, yeah. So I'm excited to see what the, what the next film output for Star Trek is myself. Are you a big fan of The Office, Mike? Oh, I'm a fan of The Office. I've noticed I've noticed recently that The Office, just like anything out there that gets popular in pop culture, seems to be starting to uh, turn around and uh, people are now hating on it. I don't know if this is just weird Twitter discourse that comes across my timeline, but people, I saw like a, a tweet that, you know, got some engagement the other day that was just like, oh, now that The Office has left Netflix, maybe now people can go ahead and get a personality instead of watching it all the time. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a funny TV show. Just, you know, I'm sorry it offends you so much. But, yes, I like The Office. Like, no apology. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a a huge fan. I I did watch early stuff, but I never caught the endings or anything like that when the characters, like, left along the way. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, nothing nothing against it. But it is big news, you know, when, when a show of this large, of this that defines essentially like a, a generation pretty much sometimes um, moves streaming services. People get upset and, and, mm-hmm. and, and up in arms, but it moved to NBC's own Peacock service, streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, but only, and you can watch the first two seasons online for free um, completely without actually paying anything uh, with their service, mm-hmm. which is cool. But if you want the entire show, you have to jump on their four ninety nine ad supported plan. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't bad, but this is where the cool part kicks in. And when a uh, the actual production company uh, parent owns the the streaming rights, they've actually taken and made extended versions of season three entirely, every episode, uh, with additional scenes that were not seen on TV that had to cut for time and stuff like that. So um, I, I I don't know why they started with season three. Maybe that's where they started keeping this stuff. Um, but I expect them to do this with almost every season of The Office on Peacock to show extra value. You're not just re-watching the same show over and over again. There's going to be something you didn't see before to yeah, watch it. I mean, I think... I think this is this is great, right? You know, yes, it's annoying when you, your show leaves and you got to subscribe to a new streaming service. If it's that much of a big deal for you, if you're such a huge fan of The Office, just go on, like, Apple TV or just go on Amazon and buy the Blu-rays and just, like, get off your couch, you know, like, every hour or so and put in a new disc, right? Uh, <laughs> but, like, I, I've actually – I was telling my wife last night, like, I pulled up Peacock just because I saw on our, fav- on our favorite app, Just Watch, you know, uh, that there was something that we wanted to watch on Peacock. So uh, – you know, I pulled it up. We just have the free tier right now. There's nothing yet on there that has compelled me so much to pay for it. But I, I genuinely like their UI and I like their channels feature, which is nothing new. It's just basically kind of like almost live TV. Uh, I think some of the some of the channels in that section genuinely are live TV, like the news. It's like an actual live stream that other people are getting, like on their uh, broadcast televisions. But then they also have these other channels, which I believe are just you know normal streaming content, just kind of like almost playing in a loop. And they must own the rights to uh, a show called um, Poker After Dark. And I, some people might not know this about me, but I used to really be into poker. I, I loved playing it back in the day. And I, I actually enjoyed watching it on TV. I know some people totally roll their eyes and just want to kill themselves uh, watching poker on television. But I actually genuinely enjoy it. And they just have like a constant stream of Poker After Dark on there, which is just like a, a bunch of professional poker players just like getting together for a cash game. Uh, and it's all like filmed, I believe, in Vegas. 
Vegas because all these people live in Vegas. But I was going to say, like, that's a nice, that's like a nice, unique feature that Peacock has that I haven't seen on any other streaming services that I subscribe to. It's just like, I can just pull it up, you know, if I'm not sure what I want to watch or maybe, you know, in an era where I could actually have people over to my apartment, you know, I could just pull, put something random up and just let it play. And, uh, you know, if something shows up that's weird, I could just blame it on Peacock. Like, oh yeah, they're just streaming whatever. It doesn't matter. So uh, I have to say, like, I would love to see that feature go to every streaming service. Like Netflix should just have live streaming channels, right? Netflix should just like take all of like the sitcoms that it has and just like jumble them up in a shuffle and just put them in a live channel. I can just hit play and, and you know, I can just uh, start watching. You know, I don't know if that affects streaming streaming contracts or whatever over there so uh, this is this is just us saying that peacock has added value to it and i'm yeah. glad that they have the hustle uh this is almost kind of like the competition marketplace uh at play right you know they know that they're in a competitive environment and they have to bring something unique so they're giving you extra office for you uh, office freaks out there so uh, yeah i'm curious how much actually it is extra right like is it just like an extra joke is it like maybe two minutes of deleted scenes that you may have seen on the dvd uh, uh, either way, it's cool that they're adding it. Yeah, I mean, I, for for the the I, from my understanding, these were not on DVDs. Like they weren't on anything else. Like this is the only place you can watch it. Um, mm-hmm. so I I assume that's why they're all it's already edited in together kind of deal. So that's cool. And they also mm-hmm. have the curated streams, kind of like Disney Plus does, right? Like you go to the Simpsons curated, and you can see here's all the the, the Treehouse of Horror episodes, or here's all the yeah. Simpsons Predict the Future. Well, they're doing that with the Office as well, so you can go you know, pick, pick your ones that you want to watch that, that are like, mm-hmm. that. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they have. I didn't go see it, but I thought that was a well, pretty cool I think, feature. I think like every, like almost every season has like a Christmas episode, like an office Christmas party. So I'm sure there's a Christmas playlist. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's like a Halloween one, you know, any sort of like holiday, usually sitcoms usually make an episode about. There's probably one of like, Oh, just like Jim and Pam. Like, uh, love, I hope, I hope know, there's a Creed episodes. highlight playlist oh creed yes if uh if if i'm not scubing what's this all been for yeah. uh or uh, my favorite again where you should spend halloween is like i got lucky today's halloween um and just it, it should just they should just have a joke one that's just every episode is just the pretzel day episode mm-hmm. over and over and over yeah. and over again yeah isn't that like uh isn't that uh, essentially uh, how uh, mint mobile works on Ryan Reynolds, just that one <laughs> yes, movie over yeah, and over again. Yeah, just that Ryan Reynolds movie, right? Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Office on, on Peacock now. Uh, into you, uh, we're gonna talk some stuff about Marvels and Mike Universe, Marvel Studios, the Disney's latest uh, calendar. Uh, I saw this. Um, that they released has October seventh, twenty twenty two release date as an untitled Marvel movie. Um, I've not added it to our page yet because I'm, I'm still just verifying if it was like a typo or something. Because I'm like, I don't know what this is. That, that would put maybe what, four or five movies that year. Uh, for Marvel, which would be a huge year, um, but they're they're pushing forward, so it would put it between Captain Marvel two and Black Panther two of that year. Um, so my guess is this is most likely Blade, because uh, October of twenty twenty two, and we they've announced it already, right? Like they announced it before Black Panther and Captain Marvel. So yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows how much the pandemic is just like shifting movie months. Uh, we've had this conversation on the podcast ever since we started making our show like six years ago, right? I think we're, we're coming up on like the sixth anniversary. I think we started filming, we started recording our show in like a, on a, in January, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's when the first episode came we, out. We are essentially, so, this, this would be our, yeah, our, 
essentially the first of that year, 2015, would be this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, for the last six years on this podcast, we've we've always been talking about, you know, release dates for movies, right? You know, uh, January, the dumping month, you know, uh, how summer keeps coming earlier and earlier in the summer months, you know, December being those big blockbuster movies. And then this weird kind of like fall area right October I feel like Venom might have been one of the first movies to really kind of stamp its foot down and say hey you can actually pull in some box office dollars on October well, I think I think so, uh, wasn't it the first it was before that was it it might have been yeah it, yeah, it might have been but you know Venom could be the first maybe idea that maybe something outside like of a tent pole not not rated movie. R yeah yeah, so I wonder, you know, is the MCU putting something in October just because it's the only month that it really has availability, or are they making a claim to October? Like, oh, this is going to be a new month. This is going to be a month people can actually make money in now. It just doesn't have to straight up be like a scary movie. You know, even though Blade, you know, does have vampires in it, I don't think it's going to be a scary movie. It's going to be an action movie with vampires in it, just like Blade was, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Uh, so, I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I hope they can, uh, I hope they can uh, change October because there is that moment like once august uh and kind of the beginning of september dries up you know you don't really have much to look forward to in the cinema until like november yeah and i I think again as as we've talked about you know starting with this year the the landscape of cinema will change uh whether it's it's for better or worse i I don't know what that is but um but i think you know that october 7th will make it the fifth marvel movie of that year october is notorious for halloween and spooky things so I think I think Blade would be an awesome fit for this. Um, the other options again are Ant Man, Quantum Mania, and Fantastic Four. But I don't think they, I don't think they really fit in here. I I, I don't think they'd I'm, be ready for those by this point in time. Yeah. I mean, I could I could possibly see Ant Man coming in a month like that. Yeah. You know, but I don't think they would debut Fantastic Four in October. I mean, yeah. that's got to be. I feel like that's got to be premium a premium yeah. time, right? Yeah, and also, uh, literally all of twenty twenty two are sequels. Um, so, you know, if you're going to put something in here, it needs to be in a, like, you don't need another sequel in in a year full of sequels, right? Like try to put it in, mm-hmm. in something new. Um, again, like it says unannounced, it could change. It could just take it off the docket completely. Who knows? But I, again, I think, I think, I think Blade would be a solid choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side of that, there have been tons of reports that uh, actor uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, has spoken with Marvel Studios, uh, probably for a role. He's an actor. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. This this, this led me down not really so much of a rabbit hole, but I did a little bit of research, right? Because Joseph Gordon-Levitt has had a very interesting career, right? You know, he started off on the on the sitcom Third Rock from the Sun, which I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that's really, really good. I don't know where it's streaming now, but if you haven't seen it yet, it's, it's worth a shot to go check it out. Uh, but from there, his career's kind of morphed into like he was like in some like teen movies, and then he started to elevate himself into some bigger films. So, and then it seemed recently he's kind of dropped off, right? I don't know if it's been choices and what he's decided to do. I know he has a side project. He has like his own kind of like website called Hit Record, where it's kind of like user generated stuff. So I don't know if he's just decided to lean more into that recently. But the only way that you can really like gauge like a celebrity's like career without a lot of intensive research of like maybe box office and deals is you just go over to Google Trends, right? So I put Joseph Gordon-Levitt into the Google Trend and I kind of analyzed his spikes 
And the biggest spike he ever had was when Looper came out. I believe that was 2015 or 2000, no, 2012, yeah. I believe, is when Looper came out in September. And that was the his biggest spike he's ever had on Google Trend. Uh, so I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say maybe that was the peak of his uh, career, maybe critically, but I think that's when with, he had his most mojo was right after that film. When did Inception come out? 2010. So in- Inception was just a couple years. So he had a spike right around Inception as well. Yeah. And then he was also in Nolan, uh, Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises. Which so is he, 2012 you know, he as was, well. Yeah, yeah, he was on this, he was on this rise too. And then like, I believe two years later, he had that Don John movie yeah. where he kind of played like a yoked out uh, New Jersey kind of uh, just like, you know, douchebag. Uh, I, I think maybe he might have written or directed that movie. I thought he had some sort of hand in it and that's why maybe he was doing it. But I feel like after he did both. that, he did I both. mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a horrendous movie you know I, I watched it it was fine Scarlett Johansson was in it um, mm-hmm. so it wasn't anything that should have ended up in a dumpster but I feel like his career after that like he just wasn't quite the big movie heartthrob right that he was you know uh, infamously I talk about it on the show that Looper was ruined for me in theaters because there was a bunch of like teenage girls behind me making noise the whole movie because Joseph Gordon-Levitt brought them to the theater right you know he drove them to the theater because that's what he was so it seemed like he was on this huge trajectory that just dropped. So hearing, you know, kind of rumors that he could possibly be talking with Marvel Studios does make me think like, you know, do they see like untapped potential in Joseph Gordon-Levitt you may, for a feature? Would he be starring in something? You know, I know uh, Iger and Feige has said that the streaming series are the same quality of their movies, just in a longer format. But, you know, I could see them maybe going for a maybe slightly budget on maybe some of their streaming stuff, at least with hiring actors and maybe Joseph Gordon-Levitt is maybe he's a little cheaper now than what he used to be at, at the, at his prime. Well, I don't know. I'm just going off the, the, the bad taste that, what was it? Powers. Is that the mo- project Netflix project movie power? In? project power yeah that left a bad taste in my mouth so you know i just i i know it's probably no fault necessarily to him but you know when i look at his character i feel like he could play a really good villain in my Uh mind you know i don't you know even though he's played played a lot of leading men i think he would be a really good complicated villain so i don't know exactly where you place him into the mcu with that Uh, well so here's my thought so i I mean looking up his, his work before i think he just didn't like the only big project he took that i know of between looper and now um, is uh, Snowden is the only other one I could pick out of this list, right? Like, mm-hmm. or the Sin City a Dame to Kill for that nobody really watched. Um, oh yeah, but but like the other ones, like he was a voice in Knives Out, he was a voice in The Last Jedi, but like anything else, I couldn't tell you what these were. He did in 2015. He did the movie The Walk. Which was kind of like a, a an adaptation of that go- of Man on a Wire, you know, that documentary about the person that walked between two buildings, mm-hmm. and it seems like he probably made that decision because it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. But you know, I don't really remember a whole lot oh, coming a, out of that. Is that movie. not like a three D movie or like a, it was like a, was it an animated kind of movie or just? No, it wasn't animated, it was like, but I—I I mean, it, it was in 2015, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the marketing was yeah. revolving around the 3D experience. Yeah, 100. You know? Um, I, I where I would put him to be completely honest is probably Moon Knight as a villain. Is actually what I was thinking. Well, I when I got this news, like, you know, he would be great cast opposite Oscar Isaac once they confirm him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be awesome. You know, he—he's got the physicality to do that. Like, a, you put him in a suit, right? Like, he's—he's he's an intimidating man. Um, I would. You could also. I don't know if he'd be great in She-Hulk um, as a villain. 
in in a comedy kind of way, right? Like, would he be some sort of mob boss villain in in She Hulk either? But those are, yeah. I think, those were the two I put. I couldn't pick him in the movie unless you wanted to drop him in Blade. Um, yeah, I mean, the only hero that maybe crosses my mind would be Mister Fantastic, mm-hmm. but I I just don't know if he has quite the presence for the character. But I still really love the ultimate version of Mr. Fantastic where he kind of goes crazy and becomes a villain. So that could be fun to watch if they go that way. I know everybody out there, since we were just talking about the office, you know, everybody wants Jim from the office to become Mr. Fantastic. And I almost, I just, I I would be fine, but I almost don't want it to happen because I don't want Marvel to placate the fans all the time. Right. You know, I want to be given something that, so that's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I want to be given something that I don't know I want, yeah. not something that I'm telling you to give me. So, you know, uh, who who knows? But Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'm I would be happy to see him return to to a bigger scope mm-hmm. uh, because it seems like he's kind of he's kind yeah. of fallen off a cliff. Like he fell off that wire between yeah. those two buildings, right? And he never never quite got back. Well, up. I don't even know if he got. I don't think he's tried to get back up. I think I think he is. I mean, just by looking at the stuff here, it looks like he's kind of just been kind of doing what he wants to do uh, for a while, mm-hmm. and maybe he's due for for not necessarily a comeback, but a a rise to prominence, if you will. Um, yeah. Back to the form. Because, it, yes. Because the last superhero, well, just the last superhero he played, he was essentially John Blake, who we find out is Robin at the end of the movie, which is like one of the worst mm-hmm. parts of that whole Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> from Nolan. So I'd be I'd yeah. be cautious it, myself. It sh- yeah, it should be stated, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a, is a rich, yeah. beautiful man in Hollywood. He does not need our help. He does not need our encouragement, right? Yeah. He's going to be fine no matter what. This is just all superficial yeah. analysis of his career. Exactly. And I think he could do, um, like, like I agree with you, villains where I thought, like, you're going to put him as a villain in these movies, not mm-hmm. necessarily the... He could be a leading man, that's fine, but, you know, I think... Uh, do it. Do a turn. Uh, like like Christian Bale is the villain, right? In Thor: Love yeah. and Thunder, and, and and go down that route. Maybe you put him. Is he an X Man? Is he is he like a, a Cyclops? Oh, hey, actually, yeah, I actually would like that idea because then he's more of an ensemble, right? He's not quite carrying the whole thing huh? on his own. Well, look what they um, did in Inception with him. Him and Tom Hardy and everybody yeah. is that team. Hey. I like that idea too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Cyclops. Yes, I could kind of. I'm getting Cyclops vibes from him a little bit. He always kind of has that kind of like kind of slightly arrogant edge to him. Uh-huh. So yeah, which usually you know probably is what made us think villain. Yeah. But yeah, maybe Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. We'll, you heard we'll it here. The... You heard it here first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see how wrong we are next year when we, when they do this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of She-Hulk, we were just talking about it. Um, the uh, the rumored is actually episode count is actually be eight to ten, more than six, uh, based on some interviews with the directors this week. Um, again, we don't know what the effects budget will be on these, but they are half hour comedies, not necessarily full hour long dramas. So. Um, well- also, my thought is, you know, if you're taking something like WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you're taking legit uh, cemented movie stars mm-hmm. and asking them to do a TV show, which is a big time commitment, right? So maybe you do have to do six to eight episodes. Uh, but if you're if you're hiring Tatiana Maslany, who is famously from TV, yeah. you know, asking her to commit to ten to eight to, to eight to ten episodes is probably is not difficult at all. So uh, it- you these things could change you know maybe once these big hollywood a-list uh marvel mcu celebrities realize the the future is all in all these streaming disney plus shows maybe they will open up and free their schedules yeah. a little bit and be like yeah i can do a couple more episodes and, and and correct me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure uh the the show she was on uh, was hour-long episodes right dramas 
Um, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So Perfect. half yeah. hour comedy is probably a lot less, probably a quicker budget, right? Like probably a long, like a, a faster turnaround in terms of production. So, um, hmm. for sure. So yeah, that's, that's cool with, with, with She-Hulk. I'm down with more episodes. Good with, mm-hmm. good with me. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. All right. Mm-hmm. So now we're into the meat of the show, Mike, let's jump into some of the stuff that we're, the news is over. We're going to talk about what we want to, you know, what are we looking forward to from last year? The best of 2020. There's not a lot to go off here. Uh, to be completely <laughs> yes, this, honest. Is, this is very true. Yeah. Usually when we do these segments, it's just like, okay, let me, uh, let me, let me pull up the list of all these movies came out this year. Let's, let's look at our list of spoiler cast. You know, let's really go through this, analyze all the superhero movies. And it's just like, yeah, we don't really have a whole lot to go off of. Right. Yeah. We really, really don't. Um, I, you, and there are things, you know, that the, some of these will fit into our mold of what we talk about on the show. Some will not fit into the mold of what we talk about on the show. Uh, some just not had a chance to watch. Like I was going to say, you know, the Queens game, but everyone talks about, right? Like I've just not seen that myself. So I'm sure it's a great show, but it's not, we're not nixing it because it's, we just didn't watch it. Right. So at the end of the yeah, day, I've, I haven't had a chance to check it out, but yeah, everybody says it's amazing. Yeah. And I, I believe them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. So yeah. So I was going to start with, you know, just real quick, the best of 2020 show to me, I think the Mandalorian saved the end of the year um, by a long shot. Uh, I was, I thought Watchmen was this year, but Watchmen actually ended in December of last year. Um, mm. That feels like forever ago. Um, so rather than focusing on, I mean, I was trying to figure out like what, what, what episodes did we watch this year? I think the Mandalorian really knocked it out of the park with again the big reveal at the end of the season, the reintroduction of Boba Fett and his again the the stick where he breaks people's armor is pretty awesome and just oh yeah that was great and just overall uh, the 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 last half of the season really really upped its game and and, and I forget this is probably the bigger news we had was the Ahsoka being in this and I'm like oh yeah she didn't really even steal the show in the back half of the season so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I to me it was I think Mandalorian, but I, I again there could be more. I just couldn't think of anything else off the top of my head that came out <laughs> this year. That I was like, yeah, this is really, really took me off the out of this. So, what about yourself? What do you got on your your list? Yeah, I mean, this is a uh, this is uh, unrelated to the content we usually talk about on the show, but I, I think easily my favorite show for many reasons uh, this year was uh, Ted Lasso, which is over there on Apple TV Plus. I mean, it's just an absolute delight, it, and it's it's honestly it's medicine. This is what you need for the year 2020. You just need a bright spot that just makes you that just renews your faith in humanity. You know, there's not an edge of cynicism to this show at all. To this show, it's just hilarious. It's just it's talking about a world and sports as, as something that I'm just like totally not into, but it just makes me engage with it and really really like it. Jason Sudeikis just has a great, uh, uh, just a really infectious performance, and just uh, I just had a a friend reach out to me, you know, I think just a couple hours ago before we started record recording. And he was just like, just finished Ted, Ted Lasso, you know, thanks for the recommendation. And it's just, it's just great. It's exactly what people need. And I would still love it even outside of 2020. So, you know, even though there's lots of great, you know, nerdy streaming stuff out there to watch, uh, you got to go watch mm-hmm. Ted Lasso. It's so good. It's worth whatever price you have to pay to watch on Apple plus. I like, I'm saying, I don't know if you have a trial you can do. I don't know if you just want to pay for one month or who knows maybe they do prorated maybe you can just like pay for a month and then cancel after one week after you watch it and then you know get part of your money back i don't know how they do it over there at apple plus uh i bought something from i think i bought a macbook and i got a year free of it so i've just been uh, coasting on that so ted lasso is just it's just been great i love it so much apple tv the app is also on everything you don't have to own an apple product you can get it watching your playstation Mm -hmm. your xbox 
most TVs now have it. So I thought, honestly, I thought you were going to go with Lovecraft Country. Um, so uh, it didn't. The, the season, I we didn't really talk about it too much on the show because uh, I, I know you weren't watching it, so we didn't really have a, a lot of opportunities to really dive into it. But the it didn't really stick the landing. Season one didn't really stick the landing for me. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll still be sticking around for season two for sure. But yeah, it didn't quite really nail it. So yeah. that's why it, it wouldn't make my number one spot. Yeah, I saw I saw it all over the the place kind of thing. And I was like, maybe this is. Maybe that'll be be my choice. I also, you know, want to give a, a you know recommend, uh, I guess, commendations to both the Umbrella Academy season two and Boys season two. Uh, oh yeah, I think, I think yeah 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 for sure. They're both great in the time, but I don't think they've they didn't really transform the future of I guess TV or like the the universe in the way like I said the Mandalorian yeah. did in my book. So that's why I got to give them yeah. some runs up. Yeah, and exactly, and you don't have to. You don't. Not every TV show has to like literally change the world of uh, pop culture. Uh, or the way you know film and TV is made, yeah. but you know if you want the number one spot, you you know usually that's what you're looking for. You got you got to hit these uh, these little little check boxes for us, mm-hmm. uh, and definitely definitely within our our wheelhouse too. So that's 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 definitely a plus. Um, so yeah, so and then other terms that best of 2020 movie, I don't have anything written down here because I, I was like, what this, is the best movie this year? Yeah, I mean this one's really hard really hard to nail down. I mean, if you just look at the movies we talked about on the podcast, we got birds of prey, bloodshot, new mutants, and wonder woman, 1984. Yeah. I, I mean, we did throw tenant in there just because and so we could add something. So I, I, I mean, I don't really think any of those movies are my favorite I, movies or of the year, or at least anything that is really, really at the end of the day, super memorable, something, right? something I'd recommend to people to watch. And I'm like, I don't know if any of these fall under that. Uh, I mean, uh, Onward came out yeah. this year on Disney Plus. I I think it was wasn't slated for the holidays at all. No, I don't, Onward. I, I just don't remember. Onward if it got was in theaters, and I saw it. It was literally the pandemic hit a week after they closed all the theaters the week after it came out, so they rushed it to Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. You yeah. know, I've actually been watching um, Inside Pixar on Disney Plus, and there's a there's a whole segment where they they I think it's the last episode or the most recent episode they put up where they talk to the director of that movie of his kind of like you know his process of of coming up with the idea for the movie, and it did kind of make me fondly remember. I was like, oh yeah, that was kind of a fun little adventure of going through that little mushroom kingdom mm-hmm. city, if you will, but. I don't know. I I don't know if I could pick an absolute favorite, but I think the biggest surprise movie for me this year was Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, <laughs> which I know is it feels like just sounds absolutely ago. crazy. Yeah, it's and it's also just sounds kind of crazy, just because like you know, um, Will Ferrell, his kind of overall quality of uh, the movies that he's delivered over the last couple years is kind of all over the place. It it really just seems like he's out there just, you know, trying to make that green, you know, and, and, you know, good off for him, you know, kind of cashing in on his, uh, you know, prestige out there in Hollywood, uh, his comedy prestige, if you will. But uh, yeah, it was just a nice little fun surprise. The songs in it are infectious. Me and my wife still sing them and talk about them today. Uh, I honestly think that the, uh, the big show stopping song at the end of the movie, that should be nominated uh for the oscars it's just such an amazing song there's legitimately like laugh out loud funny parts you know just i don't know i don't know if it just really didn't quite pop off with uh maybe some critics uh but i just 
me and my wife had a great time watching that. It would it was just a nice little gem to get. I believe it came out late summer, and I think the Eurovision Song Contest yeah. is maybe earlier in the year, but that got canceled from the pandemic. Yeah, so. it was it was like yeah, the I, movie. I think when we talked about it, the movie was supposed to come out way earlier than it was, but everything got pushed mm-hmm. back. So they were like, and eh, Netflix it. Yeah, so I don't I don't know if I would necessarily say it's my best of 2020, uh, yeah. but it's definitely a standout surprise. Yeah, I would say uh, to me. Uh, I agree. Onward, definitely. Bloodshot was not nearly as bad as I expected, which, you know, that's a credit in and of itself. But um, we forget Chris Hemsworth Extraction on Netflix this year was. Oh, yeah, that was that was nice. It's not it's not like it's not groundbreaking. It's Call of Duty, the movie. Right. We've talked about that. But at the same (laughs) time, you know, seeing the Russo Brothers produced movie with with Chris Hemsworth was a pretty, pretty, pretty fun surprise in the middle of the year when we could use a pickup. So um, Mm. I I, I definitely I definitely think with that, I, I give that some some clout so i'm like yeah you, you, you did good for us so for that on the flip side of that i want to talk real quickly about the worst of the year okay the whole year as a whole uh awful mm-hmm. um for shows did you have any shows you were like man this is just awful and i never want to watch it again so i mean this is this is like a really uh difficult ask right because usually the really really bad stuff you try to block out mm-hmm. you know and not remember so yeah, I'm trying to think of maybe what disappointed me well, the most over the year. Do you have any off the top of your head? Uh, one I definitely uh, didn't watch, but I mean, it's because I know what I was getting into, and that is 100% uh, Hellstrom. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, for sure. Or if you just want to, you know, group in Quibi as a whole. Um, <laughs> Quibi as a whole, yeah. But I mean, yeah, they've got some good stuff. I, I, I didn't. I didn't see a lot of, of, of horrible things. Um, I know a lot of people were really upset with Space Force that I didn't watch. Oh, yeah. I only watched... Uh, that's that's also the thing, too. When you're, when you're talking worst TV shows, something has to get you pot committed to it, right, to watch all of it. Because I can tell you a lot of one-episode things that I didn't like. You know, there's an animated show on Netflix called Hoops. I only watched one episode of that because I really didn't like it. I only like um, like the what you just brought. What did you just bring up? Um, what uh, Hellstrom or yeah? Uh, no, just before, uh, right after that. Uh, God, a Space Force. A Space Force. Yeah, we only watched one episode of Space Force because I didn't like that. So why would I continue on something like that? You know, usually it's worst movies. I feel like get the most play because you sit down and usually even if it's bad, you kind of sit through it, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah, you you're 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 committed to something like that. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I overall, I just I didn't think there was much. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch a lot, but you know, I know I, I'd heard some stuff kind of throughout the whole thing. So, the the critical res- the critical and fan response to Amazon Prime's upload was really really strong from the same creator of Space Force. But we, I think maybe we sat through a second episode of Upload, but yeah. we did not like that show at all so yeah. i know we are really we're really on the other side of the fence uh with yeah. that one so i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that really like that but yeah, yeah. those are those were definitely some shows that did that well, were not very fun th- for me <laughs> then on the other side of that the worst movie we watched this year any anything sticking out in your mind because i got i got a home run like one that's gonna uh, what, what what what's your it's gonna be jujitsu with nicholas cage it's gonna steal <laughs> uh, oh yeah right uh, i know not everyone watched <laughs> it and there's a reason why you shouldn't watch it but good god did that just take take me out of this i mean it just it's not a fun time at all, man. Uh, like I, I try. I mean, I laughed a lot, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, this hurts. This hurts to laugh at this. I don't want to do this anymore. So jujitsu is for me. But in in terms of everything else, I think you know, the biggest letdown I think was Wonder Woman. Uh, I hate to say that, but I mean, the because of how good the first one was, we expected more and better the second. I don't think it, it met our, mm-hmm. our our 
anticipation our goals for that so yeah it, it was uh, definitely unfortunately a, a disappointment uh if you follow me on twitter or if you happen to be friends with me on facebook i, I it was driving me so crazy you know we we talked mm. about it in, in the spoiler cast for it and I, i'll keep it vague just in case you haven't seen it yet but you know in the final confrontation between diana and the main villain of the film uh she she one-ups the she one-ups the character at the very very end to save the day uh, but they never show you how. And I wanted to make sure I didn't miss it, so I, I booted HBO Max back up on my computer. I was taking some like kind of frame-by-frame frame screenshots, and yep, they never showed it. Yeah. You know, the pivotal moment where Diana, you know, outsmarts the villain and saves the day happens off-screen and is 100% unexplained. Trust me, I watched it three or four times. Some people might be able to offer maybe some explanations of maybe what Patty Jenkins wanted us to think what happened in that scene. You know, I was even looking at the lighting, right, because... Because, you know, the the lasso is involved. So I was looking to see, oh, where's where's there like a yellow glow? Is that indicating when something happened? It's just not in there at all. And it drives me absolutely crazy. And that just hammers home like the, the just the biggest problem we had with the movie. It's just yeah. nobody was really taking the plot seriously. And I've actually seen a lot of very interesting rumors and theories recently about the film about how a lot of this kind of messiness might be a fallout of the Zack Snyder universe crumbling when the script was first in development so there's a lot of these ideas that maybe were going to lead into introduction of other characters yeah. and other heroes and other plot lines and storylines and they're just I don't like, think that would have been any they better. filmed it they're just like yeah we got to cut it all so yeah the, the some of these yeah, some of these theories out there are, are holding some weight in my mind, but who knows? Maybe we'll yeah. get some behind-the-scenes uh, insider info sooner or later. We'll see when she goes to uh, to do Star Wars what com- what info comes out from yes. this. Yes. So, for sure. Well, there's our best and worst of 2020. Now, let's talk about what we're looking forward to in 2021. We we can probably run through this one pretty quickly or make some predictions as mm-hmm. we go. But, you know, uh, we, we've talked about a lot of these. Marvel did their big thing earlier this year, uh, what, a month ago? Or so ago with the mm-hmm. Disney Plus stuff, where they talked about the the TV shows, and and I believe the movies were there as well. Um, they talked about, them, but yeah, like they, they touched on the movies. But there's also some others other th- things coming out this year that are not Marvel related, and that's perfectly fine. So we're gonna kind of jump through here. You know, again, we are what a week away, uh, a week and a half. We are less than two weeks. We we are two podcast episodes away from talking about WandaVision. Yes. Um, so we'll get some answers on that. The, they're really upping the, uh, I guess promotional. For that like there's instagram yeah. ads and, and they're doing images and all sorts of teasing up for this so mm-hmm. um i expect a, a pretty good jump on that and then following up with that is the next disney plus show falcon and the winter soldier in march yeah. i mean obviously i'm excited for wandavision finally excited to return to the mcu but i think i'm most excited for falcon and the winter soldier out of the two of those just because like usually when i crave marvel i crave the action and i crave the adventure and i i think wandavision could critically probably end up being the better of the two shows you know with the creativity and the exploration of the characters and you know the emotion of the uh, of the whole story but with falcon and the winter soldier i just want to watch stuff blow up and i want to watch bucky stab stuff with a knife you mm-hmm. know so <laughs> that's just my lizard brain most excited for falcon and the winter soldier yeah. but i am wholeheartedly embracing both shows yeah i, th- at the beginning I think wandavision has the most question marks above its head right like i don't mm-hmm. we don't know anything about it and there's a dead character as the star of the show like <laughs> yeah we we don't even know what's going on here uh introducing other characters but i think falcon and the winter soldier also returning to a lot of stuff the russo brothers set up across their other films right uh, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, Civil War, all this other stuff. So I'm excited to see their story continue and how does that past come back to haunt those characters uh, as they move forward. 
beyond that is Morbius, which was trending earlier today on Twitter, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because I think there was a question: what what movies are you looking forward to in March? And most people forgot Morbius was even or this year, and Morbius was forgot. Like, oh yeah, there's a Morbius movie that was supposed to be out by now. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm I whether they it's good or not, this is an indicator of it. But like you know. Uh, as of right now, Sony has it scheduled for March 19th, the same day as Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, um, yeah, I'm same. guessing this is I gu- I'm guessing this is the point in time to talk about it because we're talking about movies of when will movies come back and when will they actually have their date cemented yeah. in stone? Right. You know, at least here in the United States, uh, I don't even think we're quite on track for vaccination pacing to be um to be in june which is the date that i think a lot of the a lot of the government was uh, um kind of um uh hoping for so i don't know if we're even gonna make that june date so is just march just is that aspirational or i saw that wonder woman i believe raked in a hundred million internationally so are they just gonna hope that international just kind of Mm -hmm. bolsters maybe just the cost of making the film and then maybe streaming or you know premium video on demand will kind of maybe bring it back up to pace i'm not 100 percent sure what their domestic united states plan is at the beginning of the year yeah sony's got a weird release date schedule ghostbusters is on here but again we're not uh, we know we have ghostbusters fans to listen but we're not the ghostbusters guys right um Mm -hmm. but like you know what is their plan what are they going to do you know how is japan treating this how are those other markets going to handle this with with sony and i i don't know maybe it'll be a short release schedule theater for a couple weeks and then and then you know buy it on on demand or not on demand but like kind of thing but yeah i don't know about you chris but i I feel like you'd agree with me i'm totally okay watching morbius in the comfort of my own home i don't need the theater experience uh for this i i 100 (laughs) percent agree and it's not something i'm i'm aching to go out and 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 do in the theater but if Uh, but we'll we'll see how this goes it could move that's that's all this is fluid right except i think the streaming stuff isn't fluid but everything else seems to be fluid yeah. Uh, the other one is the Kingsman uh, was moved. This has had like eight release date changes. This was supposed <laughs> to be September of 2021, and they put it up to March. So I think they're banking, like you said, on international markets um, diving into the Kingsman, especially yeah. like England and stuff but, like that. But you know, this one is a Fox slash Disney property, yeah. so I don't know if this would necessarily drop on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, but you know, who knows? Maybe it could have a an exclusive Hulu premiere. You know, in in the in the United States, I would appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean they they put a lot of money into HBO or I'm sorry, HBO Max and Disney Plus. But like, you know, what is the what is the Hulu? What are we getting? They have a lot star in other company countries, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what they're calling it. Yeah. Where this where this kind of goes to? But the Kingsman being rated R, it ain't going to Disney Plus. And if it is, it's yeah. going to be. Um, hopefully under one of those adult things, but I don't think they're going to do that in America. So um, definitely, hopefully Hulu, we'll see if this gets another release date change, but I think like you said, they're banking on international market for Kingsman mm-hmm. uh, on streaming services. Also in March, uh, we've been told justice league, the director's cut is coming at least book one. Now um, that's what he's, <laughs> book one. that's what, that's what he's starting to call him is book one, book two, book three, book oh, four. No Snyder. What are you doing? I saw that there's a new hashtag tr- trending. It's a save the Snyder verse. I think yeah. is what it is. People are just begging to save. It's just, I can't have this conversation yeah. anymore with these people. Uh, he did not make good movies. Yeah. There's some interesting parts about the films that he made, but overall, I think any person who's ever been in a debate club or a debate class or maybe they're professional debaters could very easily argue for that yeah. uh, for that side that he did not make 
good movies. No, so it, well, I don't know. He wrote himself into <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to like them, yeah. but I mean, a lot of people did not there, respond to him well. Hence, where we are now. There are a lot more <laughs> options uh, if you don't acknowledge what he kind of wrote himself into in a lot of those, right? Mm. So, um, I, I, I think I think there's options there, but I mean, I'm interested to see what this looks like. Do I watch all four individually? Do I watch the big final, you know, compilated cut? I don't know yet. So, but starting in March, book one. So we'll we'll start to see what this looks like going forward um, from that. And hopefully by May we can watch Black Widow again. Um, that's <laughs> a year late. <laughs> this the second time it's been in May. Um, it kicks off the summer movie season. Is there even a summer yeah. movie season anymore? I don't know. That's yeah. That's going to be a big pivotal moment, right? Because May that's right around the time where maybe some people will have some of the vaccine. Who knows? Maybe some theaters and some smaller parts of the United States will start opening up where they don't have to worry so much about large population control with the virus, but. Uh, I've seen so many reports of, of you know, a professional, you know, scientific community saying that, you know, we're probably not going to be back to normal until possibly 2022. So, you know, if Black Widow does indeed hit theaters, you know, gets that international release, gets that international money, you know, uh, Disney did say that they're responding to the environment you know, that they are in. So if we are still kind of locked down in May, I wouldn't be surprised to see black mid black widow on some sort of premium mm. access on Disney plus. After this, I don't think they're going to do it. I think, I think they just do another release date and, and shift everything another section down. But I mean, I'm, I'm going to cross my fingers for May. We've been sitting on this for a long time. Uh, and it's a movie that doesn't actually move the MCU forward, uh, that we know of. So, it's interesting that they, they've held on to it so long. So I, I, there's got to be something interesting going on here for sure. But also in May, we're going to be getting the Loki show, which I think is actually my most anticipated MCU show oh, uh, this year. Okay. So um, that they did say it's in May. They didn't give us an exact date. But, I mean, that I, again, as soon as Falcon and Winter Soldier wrap up, guess what? They're going to be... Right in the Loki, I bet you know. Just yeah, I, I would I would imagine in a traditional world without a pandemic, Loki probably wouldn't be dropping the same week that Black Widow mm-hmm. would come out. Yeah. Seems like they would want to at least spread that marketing out at least by a week or two. So yeah. uh, I would expect you know maybe first half, second half of May. Yeah, well, yeah, Black Widow's the first weekend of May, I think, and then I assume mm-hmm. Loki be the last weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, for sure. In June, Sony still has Venom Let There Be Carnage slated as well, so um, we may be getting this this Venom sequel they've been working on that introduces Carnage to this universe. Um, I'm surprised we haven't got a trailer for this, to be completely honest. <laughs> I, I really thought they would actually be... Wor- I mean, they probably have been working on trailers, but like we've had like two Morbius trailers, but no Venom 2 trailer that I know of. Yeah. Uh, Let's see what Andy Serkis can do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Venom, as we know from the box office numbers, uh, made almost like, I would say all of its money, right? Yeah. Internationally. Like that's where it made its big bucks. So it seems like Venom probably feels safe uh, with that month, you know, cause it seems like theaters are open in other parts of the globe. So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe it'll be safe there in June. Well, and also again, we, we talked about this before is, you know, that the first Venom trailer sucked. Uh, it had no symbiote <laughs> in it. Right. Like remember, like uh-huh. they had the scenes, but no effects in them. Uh, and then they add it later. So maybe they're like, hey, we're going to make sure these these symbiotes, since we got two of them that are supposed to look visually different, actually do really, really, really well. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's the um, that's that's the hope there. And it did make it made it made um, 
25% of his money domestically on Venom. I just looked it up just because I was like, because mm. I remember last time I said it made a billion. It did not make a billion. It made 856 million, which is still a lot of money um, for them. So, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly expect that to, to be everywhere. In July, mm. we get uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the next Marvel mm. movie. Um, again, still surprised we haven't seen the trailer for this one yet. Really holding that tight to the chest. Um, originally this was supposed to be February of this year and after Eternals, but they've moved their slate around a little bit and we've seen the 10 rings in every Iron Man movie so far. So now we get to see what's really going on with the 10 rings here and, yeah. and open that up. This will be a, this will be a big deal. Cause this will be the first MCU movie to possibly push the, the, uh, the kind of timeline forward, right? Yeah. You know, Black Widow is going to be happening in the past. Who knows? We might get some sort of tag that, you know, uh, you know, keys us in on what's going on in current times but i'm, I'm excited to, to go into saying shang chi to see what's the what's the mcu up to now moving forward no. you know uh wanda vision it seems like she might be in some sort of secret bubble we don't really know what's going on there mm-hmm. loki's in this weird alternate reality i suppose falcon and the winter soldier could be you know that's going to be modern times and moving things forward but yeah. you know you know me out there fans who's always uh, who's always on the lookout for uh, a case of prequelitis yeah. you know i'm trying to dodge that stuff i like moving forward right. so shang chi will move us forward. yeah i gotta see. i i'm really curious what these t- rings are we get a martial arts film against Simu Liu. we showed that off last week his his little side project film it's, it's, it's re- it looks really good for that i'm excited to see what they do with this movie and how they handle uh handle this uh on hbo max and in theaters in august is the suicide squad from james gunn um yeah I'm really excited for this a huge team large number of really weird people uh coming together i don't know much about this but it looks like a fun time yeah, I believe it's officially been rated R now. Uh, I think uh, maybe James Gunn said it. Uh, so I think that just maybe happened recently. Uh, so expect the Suicide Squad to be rated R. Yeah, I I, I think they sh- were shooting for an R rating, but um, again, I don't think they rated him until like a month before. Do they just or two months before? Um, yeah, well, that could that could be from the official, you know, yeah. and the, what is it, MPAA? Yeah. Is that no? Yeah. That's that's something different. Or is yeah, that yeah, a movie is? picture association? Motion. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 that you know, they bring down the official word, but it sounds like James Gunn is shooting for that big old R. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm pretty sure like all the interviews, everyone's like, yeah, we're going for R rating. And I don't I don't doubt mm-hmm. that one bit if they let him do it. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen any of James Gunn's earlier kind of short film stuff, yeah, it's all very rated R and raunchy, and yeah, uh, so yeah, I'm sure he's happy to return to that form. Well, also, uh, you know, if, if one of the benefits of going to streaming is guess what? You don't have to rate your movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't have to go through MPAA, so they can put anything on there and go with it. Uh, October is the Uncharted movie, hopefully with Tom Holland uh, and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So this movie that we've they've been they've been saying they've gonna make for years finally said they filmed it and it's done. So I hope this is good. I hope this is good. I want this movie to be so good. I'm trying not to get my hopes too high, but I want this to be like the next franchise. Yeah. I want this to be a thing. I want to be looking forward to. Uh, to uncharted films mm-hmm. so bad yeah this is, we need something to fill a, a modern indiana jones right like and yeah. this is an opportunity to do so with a, a an age-appropriate cast who could go on for mm-hmm. a couple sequels uh marvel's eternals finally hits in november another year pushed back on it uh from last november mm-hmm. uh i've been seeing some of their toys have been coming out lately because of the the action figures were supposed to hit in november to begin with of last year mm-hmm. so like they've been coming out like you know the, apparently the eternals are not together as a team when this movie opens so like we're going to see them have to come together for something. I don't know, but like hmm. I am I'm, I'm starting to see more and more smaller synopsis pop out based on these action figures. So I'm mm. re- actually probably in my head way more off than I thought I was on this movie. So that that's really exciting. <laughs> uh, to, to, yeah. We love being surprised here. 
Um, All-Star cast, I want to see a trailer for this as well. Uh, and, and maybe maybe a little tease. Show us their outfits in live action. That's what I want to see. And lastly, uh, the Marvel Disney team-up movie Spider-Man 3, whatever it's going to be called. Um, some people haven't said, you know, maybe it's called Homeworlds because they have all the Spider-Man coming together. Um, uh-huh. Which, that's a good name. But I, I think they'll, they'll come up with something good for this. So, uh, Spider-Man, again, all three of them, I think, or all two of them have been great. This one seems to be the most ambitious project thus far. Yeah, this is going to be the craziest movie of the year, right? For many different reasons. I mean, Tom Holland, huge star, his third Spider-Man solo uh, film, uh, Sony, Marvel. There's just so much that goes into this film, and all of these rumors and castings and people going to be in it. I mean, this is gonna this is gonna hit big, right? This is gonna hit huge. I mean, as as we know historically, the last third Spider-Man movie we had from Sam Raimi, I think that made a that made that made a box office history. Yeah. You know, it's obviously all been rewritten by now but third spider-man movies usually show up pretty hard to the box office if you're just going yeah. on the, the previous one that that hit so that's going to be big that's going to make a big old splash hopefully i can go to the theater and yeah. watch it right you know i god i hope everything's back to normal by december yeah or at least a, a, a better experience than, than currently for, for that but also it's um john watts the director of all three spider-man movies was given the reins to fantastic four for marvel so you know mm-hmm. this it, will this be the the one that that breaks the camel's back or will he essentially be the the one man russo brother of of this where he he takes one franchise it, to a new level and keeps going it, i mean i know there's reports out there about you know the the the, the sony marvel uh you know relationship continuing on into the future but this could possibly be john watts's last spider-man movie right yeah. if he's going to move on to his you know his own kind of uh his own series with the brand new characters um i don't know i'm down i'm, da- I'm down for it you know it's going to be crazy i'm still a little nervous because i'm always worried about the the joint custody between sony and marvel uh but i've i've enjoyed every spider-man movie i've seen so far from from this crazy yeah. relationship so there's no reason not to get excited exactly and especially with all the rumors coming out of this one we got a lot so mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what I got for, for looking forward to 2021, Mike, no, no huge, you know, predictions here. Um, but like, you know, we've, we've got a lot of unknowns, uh, things without release dates, a lot of Marvel shows, a lot of some star Wars shows. Right. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we got some unexpected announcements throughout the year, but I mean, yeah. I think it looks pretty good. Have, yeah. I kind of have a slightly sad prediction, uh, when it comes to kind of nerd culture in general is, if Comic Cons, if San Diego Comic Con happens again this year, uh, which usually it's always been slated for July, I feel like it's just not gonna be as big, right? Uh-huh. Which some people might really enjoy, right? You know, I've always heard people lambast how big the con has gotten, how it's not about comic books anymore, and it's just a bunch of like you know uh, teenagers running around talking about vampires. This was back in the day when Twilight kind of overtook a. Uh, comic-con but the sentiment has kind of stuck around for some people um i feel like things aren't going to quite be ready for big expos to come back especially in southern california uh by july so if it comes back in any form it's just going to be very very small it's not going to quite hit that grand scale so it's probably going to be two years in a row that i'm not going to be at comic-con yeah. um this year uh by force and probably uh or last year by force and this year probably by choice because i'm, I'm not going to risk that big big crowd of people until things are safe so yeah it's 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 sad but you know uh 
uh, things press on and we still get all the announcements in some form. You know, it just doesn't happen to be in a big grand ballroom. Yeah, right? and, and honestly, the Comic-Con this year was just disappointing all around. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, Comic-Con at home. I mean, DC did their own fandom. Uh, Disney did their own. I, it was their investors' call, but hell, it was bigger than a convention announcement that they made before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- what prevents them from doing that going forward and just not necessarily making Comic-Con like what is Comic Con going to offer to make them want to come back? Right? Like, what's what's the point there? What's the draw? So, um, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what everyone kind of goes through, um, and, and how that looks like. I always go to C two E two. I may skip twenty twenty one. Um, it's not till December, but I don't know what that's going to look like in Chicago at that time of year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people traveling from around the world to get there. I, I still don't know what that looks like in December. So I'm going to, you know, wait cautiously and patiently. But like I said, I may I may skip my first C two E two since the convention opened um just just yeah. because of that so we'll, we'll mm, see how it goes sad sad face what a, what a sad note to end the podcast oh, yeah, damn it, damn it, damn. <laughs> all right mike well since i'm gonna go over here and cry after this uh where can people find you at uh <laughs> well they can find me at mike royer design on instagram and twitter and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. chris if people want to catch up with you see what your opinion is on these newfangled 3d doritos well i guess they're not new the return of the 3d yeah. doritos where can they find you You can find me on instagram uh valdan87 or twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n uh people know more about what we're up to go listen to our old reviews we did for wonder woman or uh soul last week where can they find all that at well, it's so easy, Chris. All you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to see our our, our best and our worst of the year, and if you want to see everything coming up, uh, head on over, check out our show notes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts like ours. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and get merch at Superhero Slate dot com slash store uh we love hearing from you please reach out if you're uh, enjoying the show if you're hating the show if you don't like our opinions if you agree with our opinions uh whatever you're feeling about the show reach out we'd love to hear from you and as always we love our super fans of the show uh all you have to do to be a all you have to do if you want to be a super fan i'm running out of steam here at the end of the show yeah. is uh you just got to share the show with a friend Share the show with a buddy. Uh, Keep wearing your mask and social distancing until we're out of this madness, and we will be here every week, folks. All right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. I'm not a. I'm not wearing them uh, right now. I'm just wearing normal earbuds. But those AirPods Pros, they're they're a dream. I told. Like, yeah, I'm glad you agree because I was worried that you wouldn't. <laughs>